Hi, this is Amber and welcome to today's podcast. The website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. For those of you that are new to the podcast channel, I'm a Reiki master teacher, trained in shamanism and other energy healing, and I've been running my own healing practice since 2007. The website, again, is sacredspacehealing.org. If you'd like to leave a donation to support the podcast channel, you can go over to the website sacredspacehealing.org, click on the home button, and um, there's a drop-down menu, and you can donate as much or as little as you feel called to, and all the money goes back into creating more free content and to uh, supporting the podcast channel and the YouTube channel. So that's sacredspacehealing.org, and that's all one word. Uh, Right, so today's podcast is asking how we can maintain our humanity in these times. So it's been such an interesting year. So this is December 2020 as I record this. And, you know, I remember sort of in March, April, walking down the street and people literally jumping into bushes so that they wouldn't walk past you. And the kind of strange behaviour that was evolving in the human being that I was experiencing on the streets. Um, From people doing that to people being very aggressive that you haven't moved out of their way um, because obviously everyone is a potential health risk to being barked at by shop assistants because, I, you know, you have to use hand sanitizer or whatever. And, and I was kind of really shocked at the lack of humanity that was bubbling up in people. And I could only think, well, I guess people who are behaving like this are behaving like this because they're feeling deeply triggered. Um, you know, they, they maybe they don't have a, a practice that keeps them grounded. I don't know what's going on. And it's sort of grown and grown and grown um, as the year has progressed into what is quite sad to witness, which is this um, fear of other people, fear of connection, um, fear of the unknown. It's just fear, really. And a lack of humanity, a kind of... There is a, there is a greater desire to do things right, tick boxes, than there is for connection. Um, so an ad for a rooftop bar... Um, advertising uh, Christmas parties and saying that you can come and spend time here in an igloo uh, with your bubble um, and celebrate Christmas. And I thought, well, gosh, I just, where is this leading? Um, You know, the thing, one of the things, one of the really amazing things, I mean, I think I was pretty lucky. I, I, I grew up you know, did a lot of my socialising and experiencing the world in the 80s and 90s and early 2000. Um, And uh, those experiences, I don't know if they're ever going to, we're ever going to have them again. You know, there was a lot of love, there was a lot of um, community. And I I remember my parents talking about the 60s and the 70s and, and even, you know, then further back when people looked out for each other and you could put a key under the front doormat or the plant pot, and my mum used to say in the 60s, mothers used to put the pram out on the um, in, by the front door so the baby could get some fresh air and no one was worried that something awful was going to happen to the baby or because all the neighbours looked out for each other. 
you know, all of that, like, I mean, even that seemed really alien when I was growing up. And then I think back to, you know, my childhood and my teens and 20s. I think back to my clubbing days and how much love there used to be in a club, you know. And now I look at what's, how it has been. And there's certainly been quite a decline. I mean, I think the change, the shift came around 2000 and you were hearing more and more about people getting their drinks spiked and just horrible things happening. I just... It, it wasn't how I grew up. It wasn't what it was like when I was at uni. Bad things happened. Don't get me wrong. They did. And I experienced a lot of them, but not the level at which they're happening now. Um, and so I look at what's happening now and I wonder, are we ever going to get back to that point where, you know, you go out for New Year's Eve or Christmas Eve or, you know, you just go out, really, and you're there with your mates, but then someone catches your eye as you go to the bar and you have a little chat with them and Lots of people have met the loves of their lives um, in bars and restaurants and supermarkets and through connection, right? Um, I have had some of the most amazing conversations with complete strangers um, that you bump into in the supermarket, you're waiting at the bus stop, you know, just random conversations with people that you'd probably never talk to. Um, I have made friends with people that I've met and at social occasions and I've dated even in the past people that I've met at social occasions so now the idea that you stay in your bubble and you never connect with anyone else for me poses a lot of questions I think we grow by being exposed to different opinions different ideas different spiritualities um and through conflict you know through disagreement we grow we we disagree with someone and it challenges our own views on things. And we we realise sometimes that our view isn't the right view, if, if you want to put it that way in inverted commas, or we, we realise that there is, is another view. And that actually the challenging aspect of being human and living with each other is that we have to allow everyone to have their own views. And, it, and even if those views are abhorrent to us, being part of a community means that we allow the view to be there. But we don't allow the view to to cause harm to anyone, right? But 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 it 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 is heard. So in um, indigenous circles and in often in shamanic circles, you know, you'll sit in a circle and people will share, and you'll have like um, a sharing circle, I guess you could call it. And I mean, it's so interesting how little this is honoured these days. But when I was training, it was honoured. And you know, as people speak, you allow them to have their say. Um, you don't judge them, you don't correct them, you just listen. And in the listening is our own growth. Now, we may not agree with what the person's saying, we may think it's complete rubbish, but we give them the space to, to speak, to say what they need to say, and any triggers that we have, you know, any, any kind of impulses that we have to shut them down, correct them, we sit with that. You know, we really sit with that because that says something about us. I think we're less likely to get triggered when we've done the inner work, because we can allow someone else to be them and we can be ourselves. But what the questions, I guess, that I'm putting out there is, you know, what does all of this isolation and this segregation mean for us as a community and humanity as we move forwards? You know, we don't want to be little pockets of I'm this, I'm that, I'm that. We want to come together and be a unified force for good in the world. All of us, all colours and creeds and orientations, but if we're segregated and separated and only hanging out with our chosen few, how are we ever going to grow? 
and learn and educate ourselves and hear someone else's point of view. I grew up in the 80s and the 90s and experienced a lot of racism. I've talked about this briefly before, but a lot of racism at school, at uni, in the workplace, a lot. And a lot of sexism. I mean, the stuff that happened back then, there's no way it could happen now. And it was called banter and it was just what you had to put up with, right? Um, and what I predominantly found was that even people who had the most kind of twisted views about um, colour, race, religion, if you actually sat down and had a conversation with them and shared your story, they suddenly had a different perspective. You know, and often I would have conversations with people and I would say, I would share my story. I would go, this is what it was like for me as a child or, you know, this is my culture or these are the things that have been misquoted in the media. I just want to give you another perspective. And through that conversation, they will have learned something. Then maybe their opinions will have changed or maybe not. Or maybe the next time, you know, they see a brown person, they think of me because they go, well... There is Amber, and she's not like that. You know, connection is so important. We need it as humans. And so I don't have the answers. I'm not putting anything out there as a solution, but I'm asking this question, and I urge you to ask this question. You know, how exposed are you to different viewpoints, to different people, um, to different connections? Uh, Because the more isolated we get, the more dangerous it is. You know, you know, fast forward to a world where we, we live in our little bubbles. We don't talk to strangers. Um, we spend all our time online communicating in a very um, disconnected way and consuming, you know, consuming box sets and whatever else we're consuming, ingesting, but never really engaging, never really... Um, we've already seen what it does to kids to spend all their time on their phones and gaming and how it really affects their um, their mood levels and their confidence and their ability to socialise. We've already seen how detrimental that can be. We know how detrimental it can be for adults to spend all their time indoors gaming or online and not getting out and meeting people and being in the sunshine or the rain or whatever, being in nature, connecting with animals. Um, we know, we know that this isn't healthy for us. We know that this isn't how we're meant to live our lives. So how can we counteract some of this in a positive, healthy way so we don't become isolated in bubbles? Because that's not how we're going to grow. And then, of course, when we're in those bubbles, we're so easily manipulated because we're not thinking, we're not being challenged, we're not, um, we're not pushing ourselves, we're not growing. Um, as they say, everyone is our teacher. And yes, I think we've all encountered some pretty hideous people in our lives, right? But I think when we look back on those experiences, we realise what what we needed to learn. Whether it was humility, strength, boundaries, whatever it was, it was something that we needed to learn. And we learned that through conflict, through a kind of... Um, I don't even mean conflict like a punch-up. I just mean we learn we, we learnt it through differences of opinion. And it's tough, isn't it? It's hard when you come up against someone who has a very different opinion from you to, the, to how you see the world. And you believe that your opinion is the best, it's the most elevated, the most spiritual or whatever. But we learn from them something, something. 
no matter how small, we learn from them. And if we stay rooted in our bubbles and we stay disconnected and we see each other as threats, we will not learn. We will, we will go further and further into ourselves. Um, and one of the really sad things about, you know, masks and visors and things is that you can't see the face. You can just about see the eyes. And most of the time the eyes are fearful. But you don't get to see the nuances of someone smiling or laughing or snarling their lip at you. So you don't really know what's going on. You're trying to work out, you know, is this person a friend or a foe? Are they, are they trying to harm me? I mean, this is why so many, you know, if someone wants to rob a bank, they wear a mask, right? Because it's about a disguise. It's about covering up your truth. So um, it's sad. It's really, really sad. I miss I miss sitting on the tube train and, and, and uh, sharing a smile with someone. And that's not to say that you don't get the weirdo that won't stop staring at you. We all know about that. But, you know, those moments where something happens and you have a conversation with a complete stranger, there's something really, really beautiful in that. It, it reaffirms that we're not disconnected, that we are all one, that we're not different. And, and one of the things, other thing just to put out there is that there's so much that's going on about different rights and all of this is valid and it's very important that people feel that they are valued in society. But ultimately, we're just soul having a journey in a physical body. Like, How attached are we going to get to this physical body? This isn't us. In this lifetime, maybe you're a, you know, a Chinese woman and in another lifetime, you're a um, Hispanic man, you know, like in this lifetime, this is the vehicle that you're in. But to be so attached to that vehicle is a bit like, you know, you buy your first car and it's a mini and that's it. You know, you are now defined as a mini driver and everything that you do has to be about a mini. You know, you, all your clothes say mini and you change your name to mini and you only want to hang out with mini drivers. It's, it's a bit like that, really. It is just a shell. And if we can get past the shell, you know, past the shells and the labels and just relate to each other as souls, having a human experience in all its complexity and difficulty, then all of this conflict and, and, and isolation falls away. And it's very challenging right now, I feel, because we're being steered in the other direction to pick a camp. You know, what side are you on? Which cause are you behind? What do you believe in? What's your hashtag? Rather than just being you. And that us as individuals and humans... Our opinions and views will keep changing, you know. We'll have days when we're thinking the most vile, racist, sexist, misogynistic thoughts for some reason. And then we'll have days when we're not thinking that. I mean, that's just, everything ebbs and flows through us. And if we get really attached to things have to be a certain way, we are carving up society. And there's no way around that other than to live in kind of bubbles and ghettos. Because it's never going to work to impose your will on another. You're never going to get everyone to think the way you do. We have to find a way to get on. We have to find a way to get on. And it is possible. It is possible to create community. I have seen it. I've grown up and seen it in communities. My parents have seen it. It is possible. It's never going to be perfect, but it's possible. And perhaps, you know, we have been conditioned to believe that it has to be perfect, just like relationships have to be perfect. We have to be perfect. We can't have a wrinkle. We can't have cellulite and so forth. And none of that is true. 
I think there's some amazing things coming out of this time, a lot more acceptance and kindness and generosity and communication and talking, which is very, very important. But I just put these questions out there um, for you to ponder for yourself of where you are in your life and your humanity and your level of connection and the kinds of people that you interact with. You know, it's quite interesting sometimes just to look at our friendship circle and just ask, you know, what kind of people do I have in my circle? What are their views, their political views, their... Um, their views on the world, their spiritual views. Uh, and I, have I chosen to surround myself with those people or is it just laziness, you know, or is it just habit or is it just circumstance? And how can I connect with more people who have different views? It's so refreshing. You know, sometimes when I meet people who have very different views to me, it's so refreshing. And for a very long time after I tuned to Reiki, I seemed to meet a lot of atheists and they were really kind of angry that I did Reiki, and um, that I had a faith in something. And they had to really kind of pummel me down, you know, there is no God, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, often they were, like, ready for a right old argument. And I would say, you know, how I see Reiki, for example, like healing, is that you, it's, um, it's love, it's the energy of love, right? We can't see love. We don't really see it. We don't go, look, that's love. It's, you know, six feet tall and got blonde hair. But we feel it. And that, for me, is healing. It's a, it's a feeling. It's, um, it's the feeling of love. And for me, spirituality and connecting to something is a feeling. But we can't, but we can't see it. And the moment I would sort of explain it in that way, they would lose their rage at, you know, that maybe I'm trying to disprove that there is no God or whatever. Because it's not about that. It's just about having an opinion, a different way of seeing the world. I wasn't particularly needing a scientific explanation for everything, the way they were looking for a scientific explanation. I was going on a more feeling-based. And when you explain that to someone, they can sort of see you differently and understand you better and not try and change you in some way and go, oh, okay, you're not a complete fruit loop. You're just experiencing the world in a very feeling way. That makes sense. Fine. You have that, I have this. But we're only ever going to have those sort of middle way um, agreements with each other when we have communication. And we can't have communication if we're just sticking to people who agree with us. So some questions, some things to ponder. Uh, the website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. Wherever you are on your journey, I wish you much joy, love, peace and abundance. Until the next time.